two-week notice podcast. Yo, yo, what up, everyone? You are listening to the Two Week Notice Podcast. My name is Data B, and I am here with the lovely, the wonderful, the beautiful Natalie. Hi, Natalie. How are you today? Hi, Dana. I'm doing great. How are you? Come on. Come on. Oh, come on. Come on. Yo, today we have an awesome episode. We do. It's so good. The one, the only, my favorite guest, third time on the show, Buzz McGrath of Unearth. He's so rad. How funny is he? He. I've watched so many clips of this over and over, and I just cry every time. He will always be a regular on the Two Week Notice podcast, and uh, he's also a fellow Lynn boy. We're both from the city of Lynn, Massachusetts, so there's definitely some hometown camaraderie. We'll get back to Buzz in a bit, but for now, we got some sponsors. Are you thirsty, Natalie? I'm extremely parched. Me too. <sighs> the Two Week Notice podcast is proudly brought to you by Down East Hot Cider Kid. Cheers. Cheers. Down East Hot Cider is the number one hard cider in New England and the number two hard cider in the United States of America. The Two Week Notice Podcast is also proudly brought to you by www.plugairholes.com. Since the mid-2000s, plugairholes.com has been bringing the best in body jewelry to your doorstep. They have plugs, tunnels, stretchers, gauges, body jewelry, and more. All right, so for a 15% discount off of your entire order at the checkout, you're just going to type in a code. What's that code, Natty? T-W-N-P-O-D. That's right, baby. T-W-N-P-O-D. One word, smush it all together, and that's www.plugyourholes.com for all your body jewelry needs. Last but not least, my favorite festival and yours in Birmingham, Alabama. We are just a couple of weeks away at this point. Three weeks. Furnace Fest. Yes. Come on. Come on. All right, so September 23rd, 24th, and 25th. This is the best festival of the year. If you don't know by now, you should, but let me just read off some of the headliners and other acts that are playing. Thrice, Newfound Glory, Alexis on Fire, Midtown, Shadows Fall, Quicksand, Sunny Day Real Estate, Manchester Orchestra, The Ghost Inside, Poison the Well, Elliot, Blindside, Mastodon, Descendants, The Story So Far, In Flames, Periphery, American Nightmare, Avail, Mom Jeans, Four Strong, Maylene and the Sons of Disaster, Stretch Armstrong, Comeback Kid. There's so many. There's so many. We could sit here for a while just going back and forth. There's 100 bands. It's insane. Okay, and by the way, we should give a congratulations because last week, the Two Week Notice podcast and Furnace Fest teamed up and we did an awesome giveaway. Rob Newman, do you know what he won? No, what did he get? Two three-day passes to Furnace Fest. So him and a buddy are going to go there all weekend. Not only that, Rob and his buddy also get a special backstage viewing of Thrice's performance on Friday night as they perform The Illusion of Safety in its entirety. One of my favorite albums ever. Furnace Fest, here's the deal. We need volunteers, all right? You put in a little bit of hard work in exchange for the experience of a lifetime and you get to attend this three-day festival. I will have the links to all this shit in the description of the podcast episode, okay? Quick plug for Unearth, okay? Here's the deal. They are about to do a run with Madball. Unearth and Madball, September 18th, Indianapolis, Indiana. September 19th, Grand Rapids, Michigan. September 20th, Columbus, Ohio. September 21st, Memphis, Tennessee. And then September 22nd in Birmingham, Alabama. This is a pre-show for Furnace Fest, so it's Thursday night. I think it's called Iron City. Iron City, yep. Yours truly will be slinging Unearth's t-shirts. Come by the merch table. Say hello to me. Buy a fucking Unearth shirt because they rule. So it's Unearth, Shy Halud, Evergreen Terrace, and Meadows. So come through. This will sell out. All right, Natalie, let's get to Buzz. Let's get to Buzz. Let's get buzzed. Buzz McGrath, Unearth.
All right, today on the podcast, welcome back everyone's favorite guest, Buzz McGrath of Unearth. What up, dude? Thank you very much. I hope that I'm uh, at least some some people's favorite guest. <laughs> dude, you're mine. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll say it on the show. I don't care. Us Lynn boys, we got to stick together. It's the good city. Dude, um, it's corny, but just seeing you, it cheers me up because I, I miss home. Yeah, I'm not like homesick, but maybe I am. Yeah, you, you might know? be. I might you be. might be. You don't know it until it's too late. You're right. Well, cheers. It's a Paps Blue Ribbon uh, koozie. What do you get in there? Like a Lagunitas. Lagunitas. Nice. Look at how dingy it is, though. <laughs> Those koozies are, like, really cheap. I like the... What's the thick ones with, like, a little hole in the bottom? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like classic ones. Those yeah, are, those her name's like... Maria. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I saw you was right before I left for Florida, and we were texting that day about, like, oh, let's have some beer sometime. And then you happen to walk in my bar, and yep. I wasn't working, and we, we just pounded fucking... Miller Lights and it was awesome. Yeah, I, I rolled up because I think I probably texted you. I'm like, yo, I'm heading there. What's up? And then you didn't get back to me and then you were just there. I was like, holy shit, he's here. Let's just fucking party. That was rad, dude. And yeah. uh, I just remember like, I was like, dude, nice mustache and <laughs> maybe this is an old term I didn't know. <laughs> you called it a dick duster? <laughs> yep. Also goes by the name of a uh, womb broom. <laughs> I've never heard either one of these. I, I gotta get rid of it in a minute. I might do it like this week. I don't know. I'm so conflicted with it. Like people are always get hyped on it and I'm just like, I don't know. I'm kind of over it. It's just fucking, I don't know like where my nose hairs begin and the mustache ends. Dude, the worst part is like certain foods. Like if you eat like an egg sandwich with like a runny egg, you have to like hose off. Yeah. Or like a roast beef with barbecue sauce. Or I just had some, uh, I went to Fibber McGee's in Beverly and had the inside out chicken wings. Oh yeah. And there's buffalo all up in here and blue cheese still. Bits of chicken are under there too. Brutal, man. Yeah. But I know what you mean. It's pretty. Yeah, you were you were heavily facialed. I am. That's a bad term. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're I'm not. <laughs> so, dude, I have so many things that I want to talk to you about. Where do I start? Right. Well, how's how's Lynn? How's Salem? Salem sucks. I'm fucking over it. Uh, there's so many jagaloons out here, Taurus. <laughs> what the fuck is a jagaloon? I think it was from, the term was from that movie uh, Step Brothers with Will Farrell and fucking, what's his face? And the dad called them jagaloons. So now I use that term for people I don't really like. And all the tourists in Salem, not that I don't like them, they're just in my way all the time. But on the flip side of that coin, I walk and skateboard to all the bars and restaurants that I haunt regularly. So I'm so conflicted about Salem. It's always nuts. Like there's always people here, but yeah, October gets gnarly. Last year, I was in New Jersey for like three weeks right around uh, October. So I didn't really get to fuck with it. Well, Although the people who had to come feed my cat, like my brothers, they were pissed. I was like, can you feed my cat for like a month? Like in October in Salem? They're like, sure. And they, they were fucking over it. <laughs> I bet. And you're like, like you said, walkable to like a lot of stuff, right? I'm right down by the, you know, where the witch museum is. Yeah. I think I saw you post something from like your window once. You're like by the yeah. cons. I didn't want to blow yeah. up your spot, but yeah. yeah I mean, uh, we can, we can fucking dox myself right now. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, everything is, is good though. Yeah, I can't complain, but I still will. Yeah, that's fair. And understandable. Sometimes yeah. it just feels good to complain. You know I love it. Dude, should we get into the tour you just did? Because sure. I, I love following, you know, the unearth posts and your posts. You were in Europe for the first time since the pandemic, right? Probably uh, two and a half years, I think. It was great. We got a lot of cool festivals, got a lot of good slots on a lot of good festivals. The vibe was great. A good time was had by all. It's been so long since I've like toured like that. It's been like two and a half years since I've you know been out there kind of fucking doing it. Threw my back out. I had a problem with my foot. Trevor fucking rolled his ankle. Falling apart up there. But it was still awesome. We had a great time. Getting and, old, uh, man. Yes, I am getting old. I need to uh, rethink the way I tour and play shows. Like the way I warm up and the way I uh, get ready for shows. There's going to need to be some stretching hydration some uh positive affirmations but yeah i gotta kind of change up the way i do my tour i mean i'm old but not that old but it's you can feel time is encroaching dude seriously i think about this probably too much because you know every day i wake up in pain <laughs> oh, yeah man this is just my life now yeah. there's never nothing wrong with me there's never a day i wake up where i'm like oh i have no ailment and everything is perfect there's always some fucking thing like a pinched nerve or my ear doesn't work so <laughs> fucking accurate dude yeah it's brutal you know i also been thinking about it because like this music right whether it's bands like unearth or emo bands this isn't a phase dude like, it's not hair metal this shit is it's like almost in classic rock territory at this point the bar i work at down here we listen to like thursday and like fucking take back sunday and shit it's classic know? rock yes <laughs> but people love it though like it was a certain time where people really connected with music and that's the, translates to people today who are older and still fucking go in on that old shit dude and prime example i, I texted you that fly 
flyer for that 2003 yeah. Hellfest in Syracuse. Insanity. Oh my god, you guys were Dude, on it's it. like in flames, Lamb of God, fucking every other awesome band. Like, just that was this Friday. Last year's Furnace Fest, I thought, was one of the best festival lineups I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. This was right up there with that. Yeah. It was, and with most yeah. of the same bands, too. <laughs> Furnace Fest is dragging bands from the grave. Dude. Like, all, all types of old bands that get like, they're like, alright, man, we'll dust them off, man, let's get up there. I love it. Yeah, it's um, great. We'll talk about Furnace Fest in a bit, because I have a couple important uh, things to bring up with that. But, uh, yeah, go back to that Europe tour. Did you go to any new countries or cities you hadn't been to? Uh, not that I recall. It's places that we, we've been to. We played, uh, the name of the festival, Metal Days in Slovenia, which is, uh, Slovenia is beautiful. This festival is like, in the mountains of Slovenia. There's like a river, there's a beach, and it's just heavy metal beach. Just fucking animals. Dudes in the fucking river in denim vests, drinking <laughs> beers. Just fucking, it's heavy metal beach. It's so fun. That's a, a memorable festival just because like its location and like the fans there are cool. What else we do? Roma we did Romania. We played Romania a couple times. Eastern Europe. Yeah, we did a weekend where we just did weird. Like we had to fly in and out and it was kind of a rough weekend because like play the show, you get to the hotel, you have two hours to take a shower and maybe take a nap and then you drive like two hours to the airport and then you do the next thing. We did that for like three, that same, we repeated that like three nights in a row and by the end, people were just delirious. But, I mean, you get up there, like, you know, you pour a beer on it, you get up there and you do your show and you feel good. I love that. It's crazy to me. I like to think I'm business minded sometimes, but then I'll look at these festivals and the lineups and I'm like, all right, how do these festivals afford all these bands? Or how do these, are these bands making any money? Or maybe people just find the sweet spot, you know? The festivals usually pay, they usually pay a good amount of money. They're usually very lucrative. I think a lot of times with those festivals is like when you first have a new festival, it doesn't make any money maybe the first couple of years, but it's a long-term investment where it's like, so we played uh, Resurrection fest in spain is now a humongous festival we played the first year when it was like kind of rinky dink and they were throwing together so we were there first year you know we slugged we you know we slogged it out with them uh never got a call back you know when they got big so whatever but damn it's <laughs> rude it's rude we were maybe there the they, first show maybe they thought you were under oath uh that happens a lot when we were at the bar the last time i saw you you were like there have been a few gigs where the promoter or booker definitely thought we were under oath <laughs> It was, uh, we played a show, I think it was in Spain. It was in a, a soccer arena. The lineup was Unearthed, uh, The Used, and Pearl Jam. <laughs> <laughs> and we got paid like way more than we usually get. Yeah. And I was like, are, are they sure? Like, did they think they were going to get under oath? I think they fucked up. <laughs> That's amazing. And we just took the check and ran. Well, as you should. You did the job you were hired to do. We did. Right? That's funny, man. You know what also made me think of it? So I had, um, I don't know if you know the band Microwave. They played Furnace Fest last year. They're a newer, newer band. I like band. the name. Uh, I actually just did a full tour with them back in April. Criminally underrated band. They're incredible. Yeah. And I had an Unearth shirt on and the singer, he came on the podcast. Uh, he's like, oh, Unearth, I really love that band. He goes, we did a festival with them. So they're from Atlanta. He said it was like somewhere outside of Atlanta, somewhere in Georgia. And he's like, dude, there were like less than a thousand people at this festival. Unearth was one of the headliners. He was like, we got paid like 1500 bucks and we were one of the smaller bands he's like there's no way that they made money on this i don't know if you know what festival i'm talking about i can't remember i don't remember but yeah a lot of times the festivals they just lose money i think it's a long game you know venture where you have to build it year by year until you start making money right the bands aren't going to take a cut they're going to come play your show for the price negotiated you know absolutely and i just know like furnace fest for example not to get into like details or make them sound bad but i think they're pretty open about it i, I had them the furnace fest guys on the podcast last week and like the tickets aren't selling this year like they did last year this year's lineup is insane too i think yeah but i think last year's was maybe extra special and it was like it was the first time back it was real right. nostalgic that's kind of what happens with everything that that goes away and then comes back the first time it comes back but i mean that's a fucking solid festival i hope they keep that going because the u.s doesn't do a lot of they don't do a lot of like three-day festivals which i think they should do more of like european style i think we're getting there but the united states should have kind of got onto that you know sooner but totally. furnace fest being one of them and especially catering to our specific niche genre that we like so much, which makes it extra special. Absolutely. You have like your Riot Fest and Riot Fest is cool and stuff like that. But what makes Furnace Fest like extra unique is the venue alone is like It makes wild. it unique because they just, I love how they just drag bands from the grave. <laughs> that too, of course. Yeah. Like bands who haven't like you, your favorite band in 10th grade, they got them somehow. They got them off the couch. <laughs> They're fucking playing. Dude, anything else? 
from Europe? Golf carts? Any um, shenanigans? No, I, I, we kept it pretty quiet. Again, maybe I'm getting older, um, but we play the show. I would get into the hotel shuttle and go back to the hotel, tuck myself in for a good night's sleep. Underrated hotel bar. See, people like to hang out at the festival site and fucking, ooh, party, man. I'm like, go to the hotel bar, get a glass of red wine or two or three, and then go to bed. You're already, you're fucking home. I wake up the next day fucking cheery and happy. All the other dudes are just dragging ass because they fucking, they had too much fun the night before. You got to drive a hotel shuttle one of these days. <laughs> oh, yeah. With the other maniacs on it. I'm surprised you have it. Oh, just taking one for myself? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a car. I have a car. I can drive. I can rent a van. I can't get a golf cart or a fucking ATV. Why not? They're just forbidden fruit, I feel like. I feel That's like... why it's so attractive to me. I think there could be a thrill in the hotel shuttle because sometimes they're just parked right out front there. And I'm sure oh, I stole, oftentimes... I stole there's... a car one time at a... Fe- <laughs> I won't name what country it was. In. I fucking straight up stole an Audi wagon. That's a, a crime. I shouldn't even be talking about that. <laughs> They're still looking for me. They never found the car. <laughs> Is it a country that you've returned to since? Yes, I think I think I'm. I think it's. Uh, I returned the car to where I found it. Like I was polite about. <laughs> The theft. <laughs> You're out of your mind, dude. Uh, I was talking to Trevor. I was like, Buzz has this obsession with golf carts. He he called it an unhealthy obsession, <laughs> which is okay. It's it's fair. Yes. <laughs> then he said, uh, he's like, he goes, dude, he was talking about like taking one from the Salem Commons or something. He's like, dude, real world isn't Ozfest. <laughs> I was, yeah, there was one on the Commons like last year. I was like, I'm going to fucking take this thing. Do you just look out your, your window and see that golf cart and you're like, oh man. I think it was after, like after a night of partying and sometimes I take a walk around and there had some sort of event there. I saw it and I, I did a lap around the Commons, kind of eyeing it up. And again, <laughs> getting older, the voice of reason uh, got better of me and I just went home. Man, you used to be cool. So no story there i used to party <laughs> i was at boston calling i was supposed to work for a band they were like oh we need a tour manager for like some random band that was just coming in for boston calling so i don't know what it, why they would need to hire a tour manager i think just Weird. to like make sure they're on time i don't know like, yeah. i don't know like hey you're on now you know dress the stage with waters and shit i don't know but yeah. the tour manager that they usually have ended up coming through but i was like well can i still like get a pass <laughs> so they're like yeah yeah sure we can meet up and maybe it'll lead to future gigs so that's um, cool yeah it was awesome actually like i was my buddy who hooked me up with it was part of the email he's like that was a pretty bold thing to just like ask for yeah he's like it worked but i remember i was texting you because uh there was a a golf cart that said metallica on it and i was like bro that's that's the one that's the (laughs) fucking that's a unicorn fucking cart yeah dude i was like all right man what's the move here you know how do you uh approach this i was looking for pro tips and they told me to drive it to lynn i think (laughs) <laughs> Take it over the bridge. Dude, imagine if I drove Metallica's golf cart to Lynn. Dude, I mean, you get arrested, but still, if there was a picture, it's fucking legendary. You're totally worth the story. Yeah, and that's not going to keep me from getting a job. Well, actually, it could in this industry. Well, a felony. <laughs> I don't know if that's a felony, but I'm going to catch an F on that one. But I think you'd be all right. We played uh, Akron, Ohio yesterday, some festival at like some fairgrounds. So Trevor was talking to the promoter, and Trevor was introduced me to the promoter. I walked straight up to him. I said, can I drive the ATV? Because <laughs> I saw an ATV outside, like when we pulled up, and then Trevor saw the promoter. I walked straight up to him, didn't even introduce myself. I just asked him like a fucking monkey, like, "Can I drive the ATV?" And then I just ripped the ATV around for like all night on this fairgrounds. Sick. What a tactic! Just yeah. ask. Just right? a aggressive, like hit him, hit him dead on with it. Did you say yesterday? Yeah. No, wait. Saturday. We drove home all day yesterday. Like yesterday was is a loss for me. So I think everything that happened was yesterday. That makes sense. I thought you were in Worcester this weekend. I, I we played. The uh, the Tattoo of the Earth pre-party. How was that? It was not that good. What do you mean? Eh, the show was good. Like, people came, they were hot, but we should have probably played the Tattoo of the Earth Festival, which we did get an offer for, but we had our, we had previously committed to this festival in Cleveland the same day, and we're just nice. We're men of our word, and we said, you know what? We're not going to cancel on that guy that we confirmed with fucking eight months ago, and Scott Lee, uh, promoter in fucking Western Mass, or, you know, everybody knows Scott Lee. He was like, well, there's a little pre-party if you guys want to do it. So we did it, and I was, wasn't really thinking like i don't know if people who are going to go to a fest all day tomorrow are going to want to come out to a show the night before and i was right there was a few hundred people there it was it wasn't great but it didn't suck oh, i was Lord. bummed that it wasn't better but i realized that everyone's going to the show tomorrow like nobody wants to come out to the show i, I get it it was yeah. was it palladium yeah upstairs palladium it was 250 maybe 300 people i wish it was better but it wasn't so we'll take another swing at the mound next time dude i mean that's all you can do the outdoor space there have you seen that before no uh i mean i know they do shows there before i 
like that they're doing that because that lot's legendary for like drinking at metal fests yeah. like animals just in the parking lot fucking acting a fool <laughs> uh now they just have shows there too which i think is great yeah i didn't even know that was a thing piebald we did one back in june with like newfound glory and shit it was awesome and then a week yeah. later i was selling merch for like the vagrant records thing it was like dashboard and the get up kids and stuff like that and but before i went there i was like how the fuck because it holds like 7,500 people or something i'm like are they closing off the street how do they do that yeah it works I, i've never been to one like yeah how do they police it how do they like you could just jump like from the sidewalk they put up some gates they got security guards okay. the piebald one with newfound glory there were like eight bands they had two stages somehow the vagrant one was just like the one main stage but they do a pretty good job and then they use the palladium inside as like the green room which is pretty yeah. cool because you, you go in and like you know the bar downstairs they just have it set up with like coolers loaded with like beers oh, that's cool. and like food and and everybody's people, just people kicking just, it everyone's just kicking it dude they had yeah. like a barber in there cutting people's hair and like <laughs> classic it was, it was pretty awesome, actually. I would parachute into that show from the top of the Palladium. You'd find a way. Yeah, like I'd get up there. With, I'd use like a, I'd find like a hate breed backdrop and like hold it, <laughs> fucking parachute. <laughs> they just announced a tour, hate breed. Yeah, with Bleeding Through who are back, which I'm very excited about. Dude, so I also feel because everything was shut down for a while, there's a lot of competition out there. Friendly competition, maybe, but people have to make choices whether they can only afford to go to like so many shows or whether there's just all these shows happening happening on the same night even same city this is like, yeah it's awesome to see it's a beautiful thing and and people are from my perspective what i've seen they're spending more money on merch because i think they want to support the few shows that we've had back like right when uh last year when we kind of came back merch numbers were fucking huge I couldn't believe it. It's amazing. And I just did this full tour in April. It was the story so far. Microwave was on there. Mom Jeans and Joyce Man. I love the ba- I love that as a band called Mom Jeans too. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, they're they're cool cat. They're like blowing up right now too. It's, it's Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about them. They're gonna be massive. And I watched it happen. So this was a four band bill. They were the second one to take stage. Dude, they stole the show every night. Mom jeans, mom jeans. What a great feeling that is for that band. It's like to yeah. ha- like that's such a fun thing to do. Like, oh, you're second or four or five or whatever. And they crowd just explodes for you like that feels great it was really cool to yeah. watch every night and these venues were legit like average two thousand but a couple four five thousand like radius and some new venues uh roadrunner in boston's like three thousand all sold out that like maybe two or three shows weren't sold out and there were like wow. less than 100 tickets left even um trying outdoors in la 7500 sold out like Dang. dude i was just driving a penske truck for the headliner just driving their merch around yep. but i like all four bands and it was just like i make more money money bartending but i just wanted to like be on that on the road it was just it was yeah. awesome dude so i got to watch the shows every night and just take it all in they needed me to sell merch one night and i was working with this dude he needed a second seller that's how busy they always were yep and that was just for the headliner not even for the other bands and he's been doing merch forever he's like this is insane like merch is bigger than ever right now everyone's just spending money yeah it's great it's great for the bands i love the uh when you have to get a second seller i think we may have done that once <laughs> so you mentioned uh skateboarding we've talked about skateboarding before Sure. I always hung out with skateboarders. For whatever reason, I just never picked it up. I snowboard a lot. And since I've been down in Florida, my girlfriend, she she longboards. And like, I've been longboarding every day. Longboards are the wrong boards, bro. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I get it. It's fair. Um, it's like, What are you, some yam huffing college kid? <laughs> dude, I love it, man. It scratches that itch a little bit. It's uh, it's fun to just push. If you push on something with wheels and just cruise off in the wind in your hair, that's fucking fine with me. Exactly. I've been going out like just every day. I'm like more friendly. Anybody I skate by, just complete strangers walking their dogs. I'm like, hello, hello. Yeah. I don't know. So it's probably you get get big soft wheels on it. They're just like kind of soft and quiet. Yeah, dude. And um, if you adjust it just so, you know, you can really lean into those turns, which is what makes it similar to snowboarding. You carving and turning and carving is the essence of skateboarding. Exactly. I fucking fucked my shoulder up like a year and a half ago, flying down Lafayette Street. Maybe I told this on one of the podcasts. Went to visit my friend who lives on the other end of Lafayette Street, like by Salem State. I think I'm pretty high on mushrooms, doing bong rips. <laughs> you definitely didn't tell the story. Keep yeah, going. <laughs> no, I was like high on mushrooms, doing bong rips at my friend's house. And then I skated back. So I'm going down Lafayette Street, pushing really hard, like fucking. And it starts to go to like an incline down. I'm pushing into it, flying. 
and I had like AirPods in and it was like part of the street where they, uh, you know, they turn the water off and on. There's like these little holes, little caps. Yeah. They, this one was like kind of real sunk in and I had hit that. It was like sunk in this. I had hit that full speed oh, and God. just fucking rolled into it, hit my shoulder. I had my AirPods in and I hit so hard. My AirPods exploded out of my head. I couldn't even find them. I just left them. They were gone. Fuck. Like I picked myself up, skated home and my shoulder wasn't right for a while. And you know what song I was listening to? What? Mad About You by Belinda Carlisle. Wow, man. That's <laughs> Real soft shit. <laughs> <laughs> Your shoulder might still be fucked up. I mean, that's some serious shit. I think it is. I couldn't put a shirt on for a while, so I just went around with no shirt on. I was pretty tight. <laughs> do you lucky uh, that you didn't do worse. I mean, I've literally broken the humoral head off of my humorous snowboarding. I'd broken my arm in half years ago, and I'm still fucked up from it, to be honest. Right before we were leaving for this weekend, I fell going up the stairs, and there's like <laughs> the railing is like uh, bolted into the wall, right, on the stairs, and like where it attaches, a little attachment. I fell and just jammed my finger into it, and there's a real tight spot, and I could have just literally broke fucking two of my fingers Fuck. falling upstairs. Dude, have you seen that video? It was viral recently of that shark biting that dude's pinky off. No, I don't know. It was on so. Instagram and shit. Pinky off? Yeah, dude, so like... Uh, he this, got lucky, I this guess. This dude was on a boat, and like there was this shark, small shark. It wasn't like a great white or anything. It was a good size shark, you know, a couple feet long or something. And the shark was near his boat. I don't, the guy was reaching it. He was trying to like pick the fucking thing up, and he had his hand in its mouth or something. And the shark just fucking bit onto his pinky and did a barrel roll. And then Ooh. the guy, and then the guy goes, "Oh fuck, I just lost my pinky." It's one of those things where I wish I didn't see, but I watched it like fifteen times. You yeah. know, it's fucking uh, horrific. Do not fuck with the animals ever. No, no, definitely don't. Going back to like the falling thing. Last time I saw my doctor for like a physical, I was talking. I was like, I do everything differently in life now. Like the goal is just like don't fall, whether it's snowboarding yeah. or walking or skateboarding or whatever. It's like it's gonna be where you least expect it. My brother Sean, he was getting out of his car two years ago. Just like this little bit of ice shattered his ankle. Fuck dude. I mean, he recovered quickly because, you know, he was disciplined about it. But, uh, yeah, just anyone can get it. Yeah, that kind of just becomes life. Uh, the older you get, just just don't don't fall. Be careful. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Dude, so let's talk about Furnace Fest real quick. Unearthed and Furnace Fest has an awesome relationship, I feel, because you did 02, 03, you did the one last year, and yeah. now you guys are doing, you know, you, Shai Hulud, Evergreen Terrace. I love that they gave us that opportunity to do that show with fucking those bands. That's a great bill. Yeah. Shai Hulud, Evergreen, we came up those bands i think it's interesting now like we're of uh you know older band and just people love it when you package up with other legendary bands like that you know just uh some of the, the ogs you know people like to see that and i think it's cool that they put that together so it's again unearth shyhalud evergreen terrace and meadows so if you're in birmingham the night before furnace fest starts if you're not in birmingham get to birmingham that's right that's right and also you guys are doing a run with madball to lead up to it so yeah talk about that uh, i think it starts in like Indianapolis. I don't know the exact routing. I just drive the van there and then play. Cool moves, smooth. <laughs> Way to breathe, no breath. <laughs> I was trying to pull up the fucking thing here because I was just looking at it. I've never been to Indianapolis. It definitely it starts there. All right, September 18th, Indianapolis at the the old National Center. Uh, and then September 19th, Grand Rapids, Michigan at Pyramid. The grandest Stadium. of rapids. I've never been there. And then Columbus, Ohio, Memphis, Tennessee, and then it ends in Birmingham. But what a sick little run there with Madball and then leading yep. up to... Yeah, I'm stoked that they got on board with doing some shows. So you hate to just show up by yourself like you need help we need help we're not that popular event so we need to stack the bill up with some good talent and make the show happen nice any idea the size of these rooms probably small like 500 two, two, 300 maybe cool that's awesome yeah. Now, uh, what are you what are you traveling in? We used to rent a van from Green Vans. Same. Green Vans is so expensive now. They used to be so cheap. I know. I mean, I don't want to fucking put them on blast, but that's what shit is expensive now. They right. have all new fleet of, of rigs, and it used to be you get that old E350 15 passenger for like 110 per day, unlimited miles. Now it's like the price has gone up so much. It's like double. So like we need to well, buying a van or something because it's just so expensive. But Andy, shout out to Andy from Green Vans. You want service? Like if you rent a van and like the van goes down, Andy will be in a no, new van driving to fucking Virginia, wherever you are, he'll be in that van that night to get you a new rig. Yes, it's expensive, but the service you get with it is kind of unparalleled. I am actually a, a Green Vans advocate. I mean, I won't lie that it, the price went up. That's just a fact. Yeah. But uh, Dan also at Green Vans, he's Andy's like right-hand man. So Yep, I know him too. We did a run, like a Northeast run uh, in December, dude. We were on the Jersey Turnpike heading to Lancaster. I was driving 
and traffic was completely stopped. We're in the middle lane. Like my foot is on the brake and just fucking smashed through it up. Ooh, yeah, I think I saw a picture of that. 18 wheeler hit a box truck and then the box truck hit us. If that box truck wasn't there, I might be dead because it like still smashed our shit out. There was gear and uh, like yeah. merch on the highway and stuff. But point being, I mean, it lucked out because Philly is right in the middle of where we were. And yeah, they we got an going. office there. So Dan, like I called him up. We pulled up. We just finished unloading the busted up van as he's fucking pulling up with a brand new one for us and like yeah. just really those took dudes, care of us. Those dudes were in vans or maybe still are, but they know what it's like. And, Absolutely. Uh, they hustle. When I actually uh, unearthed came up when I dropped the van off because they used to have a location in Beverly, but now they don't. They still they still have some vans there that I just dropped one off there yesterday. But now they moved to Providence. I'm like, what the fuck are you moving to Providence for? Right. <laughs> fuck that. Like they had a place in Beverly that I could literally Perfect. walk to. Well, I was talking to Andy and he goes, we don't always do this. He goes, there's three bands I will always do it for though. Piebald, Unearth, and Every Time I Die. So go Andy. He's you're a good company. Great. I was like, my yeah. man. And they did give me like a pretty good rate on that one, but I think it was right before business just started booming for them again. Like you said, they got a new fleet too. So all new vans and you just know that if it breaks down, there'll be you you won't miss a show. There'll be another van there yeah. ASAP. Shout out to Green Vans. Yeah. But uh yeah, that's what we do too. Owning a vehicle, that's a whole different animal. You have to store it, you have to keep up with it, you have to insure it. Mm-hmm. It's a pain in the ass. Like who's who's gonna keep it at their house? Who's right. gonna make sure that the oil's changed? Like that's a whole job in itself. And if you're not mechanically inclined, then it just makes it even more challenging. A lot of the reason Piebald lasted as long as they did as a band back in the day is because Aaron, the guitarist, is also a mechanic. So he would just mm-hmm. fix the shit himself if things yeah. went wrong. We owned a van for a while. Uh, luckily, it was we bought a new van. Uh, it worked for a long time. and never really had any problems with it. But if we buy one now, like let's say Trevor is in charge of like taking care of it. We get out somewhere on the road and it breaks down. I'm going to look at Trevor and be mad at him. Right. Like, right. you didn't get this shit handled and now it's going to be a fight. Right. Because then he's like, well, what the fuck? I do everything. You would both have like, valid you know yeah frustrations right yep so uh, best just yeah. have rented yeah. easier that way the tour i was just on we were talking about that band microwave they had just bought a new van it died on that tour they had two van breakdowns and they had to drive from boston to philly in a box truck with two of them like in the back <laughs> three oh, of them in the back. yeah and then um they did end up going with green vans and i was like so what'd you like learn from this tour he goes i'm not buying another fucking vehicle ever again we're just gonna go with green vans so yep yeah. rented trailer we owned a trailer that shit breaks down too right. you haul trailers knock on wood never had a single issue Except for when you go to rent from U-Haul, there's always some guy fresh out of the joint, like on probation. <laughs> it's just like, man, he's struggling. To, there's a line. He's freaking the fuck out. It's always a nightmare trying to. They don't have a reservation. If I'm like picking the trailer up, I allow, allow like an extra 90 minutes of the day just for the trailer pickup. Fuck that. <laughs> that yeah. sucks. Have you ever done the bandwagon? I've never been in one. No, we were thinking about it. It's a good option, I guess. It's a little bit less to rent a van, and we do like two or three hotel rooms. And it's you're a bit more mobile in a van. I mean, I like the idea of like after the show, like we'll just get out and fucking crash. If we did a, a bandwagon, like I would probably just drive it. Because now if you want to hire a driver, that's an extra cost. It's too much money. Dude, we that... are fine with getting in the van, driving and just going to a hotel. If you drove it yourself, that would save a shitload of money because you're not spending yeah. on hotels. You don't have to hire a driver. But then that's worse for you, though, because that thing is more of a pain in the ass to drive. Yeah. And we'd, we'd be driving in the daytime, too, because like I don't drive at night. It's too dark. Right. At night. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer it, man. Especially in this last... I mean, you see some fucked up shit driving around, but I, I don't know. I, I turned into a vampire. I used to work overnight, so it's, I mean, you have too. You know when, you, when you're in that overnight mode and the sun starts coming up and people start coming out, you're like, oh, go away, yeah. everybody. <laughs> you know, yep. like that would be me like driving overnight on this tour. I was just following the bus, essentially. The worst part of my day was when the sun started coming up and just fucking traffic. It's just like... Oh. And now it's, it's, it's so much more... Uh, it uses up way more energy. Like if you're changing lanes and you're... Yes. We did this yesterday. I drove from Akron to uh, Lynn. It took us 10 hours. I did the whole thing because I like to drive. Yep. Um, across Pennsylvania, mountains, very peaceful. Mm-hmm. Mass Pike, nightmare. <laughs> yeah. People are just breaking in the fucking fast lane. Stress. It was so nice. This whole ride was so nice. And now I'm like, it sucks. That's why I love the overnight driving because you got the world to yourself. Hit cruise control, yeah. put on it is cool. podcast. I, I just can't see. Right. It's just dark. I'm like, I don't know. I can't see. I, we, we can do we do it every once in a while but we try to not we'll like we'll drive two hours to a hotel sleep for four hours and get up at like six in the morning we need to reset the clock even if it's like you lay down for three hours and you get up and do some more you just have to reset that clock 
We do the same. Definitely. That makes sense. I had an easy gig as far as the tour world when I was driving that box truck in that like I didn't have to worry about the stress of like tour managing and constantly checking my emails and like, you know, coordinating. That's stuff a, and... a stressful gig. Yeah. The TM so, stuff is can be a pain. Driving the, the truck was cool. I had one job get from A to B every day. Yep. I would like jump in and help the merch dude just like pack shit up and well, just so I could hit the fucking road and just yeah. help him out. It's just but... you and just you in the truck. Just me in the truck. Fast. Fuck fast. I hate people i, I don't want anyone <laughs> riding with me I loved it. I truly loved it. Um, yeah, me too. Except for, and you actually, you hit me up, and this was my first time driving this road. It's uh, the 70 going from like Salt Lake to like Denver. Oh yeah, the, the Vail Pass yeah. and shit, dude. So there was a insane fucking blizzard the entire way. It's supposed to be like a nine hour drive without stops. There's always an insane blizzard. <laughs> dude, it turned into like a 15 hour drive. I mean, it's yep. the snow started coming down pretty heavily before we even loaded up. And I had the story so far as gear at the time because they didn't have their bus yet. So it wasn't just merch. It was like, all their shit you know yeah. and they were flying into denver as i was you know driving this is where it gets real stressful dude this was a second show they didn't even know me yet you know i had just met them on that tour i, I know i earned their respect after that though because yeah. like mom jeans they didn't crash but they had skidded off the road and i'm seeing all these signs like you need to get chains which if sign is flashing you must chain up beyond this point exactly I not, so yeah i went to three different stores none of no them had chains. chains that fit the penske yeah so i had to go no chains i'm driving by all these mac trucks that are tipped over i'm like what the fuck dude it was like insanely stressful they closed the highway down for a while i had to just pull over and fucking sit there for like two hours but dude the fucking boston kid came through safely i beat them flying in they were like how the fuck did you do that i was like wow i don't know but it sucked <laughs> that but, was was that this year like yeah it was april yeah they still they still get fucking mad weather up there in april i was going through there in april one time and we're going up there veil pass the light wasn't flashing for the chains but they must have just turned it on before we passed all of a sudden you keep going up going up and then it's like snow 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 now the van's going like this and you just can't move anymore and it was funny because it was like a wrecker like a flatbed he knew right where people were going to get stuck and just parked right there so he comes up to the window is like three and a bucks i'll take you to the top and then you can just fucking coast down and i'm like we have no option so he chains us up he's like put it in neutral don't do anything stupid so he's fucking flying up the mountain and we're in a van trailer like this far from like the flatbed and on the other side of the mountain like coming down tractor trailers jackknifing cars yeah. fucking fireballs yeah explosions and he pulls off in this little cutout on the side of the highway he's like i gotta go help out over here i'll be right back to finish this up so he did whatever he had to do and we're just kind of sitting there for like an hour and i was like there'd be a way we can get it out of here by ourselves so i was like oh just turn off the traction control on the van and just fucking and we just fucking zoomed up the rest of them out never paid the guy oh just zoomed up and just fucking like peace out motherfuckers wow yeah that's some wind shit yeah we almost died one time did i tell this story already no please do in oregon i forget where it was we were going from portland to sacramento which is a terrible drive on a good day like on a sunny day that's a terrible <laughs> drive but of course so true we like we went to sleep for four hours we left like five in the morning blizzard already in portland we get through all like the shasta mountains and whatnot so we get to this part in oregon where the gps like so the five had shut down like they had just closed it so heavy that trees were just on the fucking highway like Fuck. all the trees were on the highway because the snow was so heavy so the gps had kind of taken us off this like weird mountain route and i was like all right we'll let's just follow this and see what happens we, luckily that we rented this van from some guy and it had chains we, we chained up and we we're doing okay and we were doing okay until we weren't doing okay oh no and we just the snow just got deeper and deeper and like the one there was like a road we were supposed to go but it was blocked so we just kept going in a weird direction and the van had just stopped and we couldn't move anymore and the, there was some local people with like a fucking uh like a backhoe or something they just they pulled us out of this fucking situation we got back the other way and i was talking to one of the guys there one of the he just lived in one of the houses he's like yeah a couple years ago an asian guy was driving up here and uh same thing happened and we got stuck gps took him the wrong way he got out and wandered into the woods and died and i was like oh. dude i just watched the dateline fucking episode on that the other day before we came on the store that happened right here on this road it's like yep that's right up there i'm like no Whoa. way we almost did that we almost fucking we could have fucking died so anyways we turn around we get back to the hot we get to back back to the fives closed down there was no power anywhere like nothing was open luckily we had enough gas and all we had some voodoo donuts and a bottle of whiskey 
We just ate that. And people were like, I want Taco Bell. I'm like, dude, nothing is fucking open. Like, wow. you couldn't even get gas. Society started kind of crumbling. Like, the first place we went to, like, at a truck stop, I had, like, a, some shitty burger place open. The line was out the door. People were fighting. Lines to get propane, gas. Like, you could see society starting to fucking come part of the scenes. I was like, wow. It's like some doomsday shit, man. Yeah, it felt like if something worse than that ever happens, people were going to freak out. This was just a snowstorm when they lost power for a little while. That's wild, dude. None of that even factored in the unpredictability of the other motorists and oftentimes the shit that i usually see it's people that are professionals mac truck drivers like fucking maybe driving too long or who knows what you know but you see these fucking 18 wheels just fucking coming into your lane like into your lane yeah, and you're like what real the, like you're like what the fuck you're driving me off the road it's a real deal out there and that's i feel like every show you make it to is a miracle totally absolutely yeah well said man all right um can i rip through a few um fan questions is that cool yeah i got time we can go to eight if you want like I appreciate it, man. All right. So no going back to a furnace fest, right, dude? Um, so this is one thing. All right. This started after I last spoke to you. So there's this huge debate, right, within this group of 7,000 people of what to call the furnace fest attendees. They're trying to come up with like a nickname. So it's come down to two options. There's Fernies, you know, like furnace fest. Yep. So Fernies or slossages, like the sloss furnace. It's got to be slossages. <laughs> slossages. <laughs> I knew that was going to be your answer. Yeah, that's the winner, of course. What's up, sausages? Welcome back. And anything else about Furnace Fest you want to just like, because you have so much history with it. I just hope they invite us back next year in any capacity. Just to have your name associated with that, I think it's cool. Whether we're, we're on the actual fest or some other fucking hot pocket stage or whatever. I can't wait for the that pre-show. This is my cat. What's your cat's name? Yingve Meowstein. Yingve Meowstein. Yeah, or Dude. Bill Clausby. <laughs> all right so a couple people from this community had some questions so uh joshua philip todd wanted to know going back to like the tour overseas that you just did he just wanted to know about the experience of the crowds overseas versus you know the united states and what the differences might be and it's a two-parter and then the other one just differences like in logistics in general like you mentioned you were had to like fly back and forth anything like that that might come to mind the shows are super fun the people who go to these festivals like these weekend festivals sometimes they start at like like Thursday and then on a Sunday and maybe you play a Friday, Saturday, Sunday or Thursday. It's real easy. It's shooting fish in a barrel. People who come to the show are just excited to see. They might not even know who you are but they're excited to be at the event. So when you play, like the reaction is really big and you can feed off that. It's just really easy. You don't have to try to fucking get the crowd on your side. They're just already there to party, which is what I love about those festivals. Logistics, it's usually those big festivals have backline, they have drums, they have pretty much everything you need. You could probably just fly in with guitars and pedals if you wanted to. So that's cool. They usually are just like, they have a truck just full of gear, whatever you want. You just talk to the stage manager, like, oh, what do you need? Uh, 5150s, EVH, 5153s, how many cabs you want, bass, uh, drums. Like usually drummers just bring breakables as in cymbals, pedals, and uh, snare. So you can kind of just fly into these things with the bare minimum. They have gear there, which I think is really cool. That is really cool. Can you just touch upon, so this comes from Ken C. He wanted to know, so a couple of Unearthed Band members have been touring with As I Lay Dying. So you got Ken and Nick. Mm -hmm. He wanted to know how that might impact. I got to shout out Steve too. So Steve M. wanted to know, are those guys going to be at the shows coming up at the Furnace Fest pre-show and stuff? And just what's the deal, I guess, uh, whatever you want to talk uh, about there. No, Nick Nick quit. Like, he officially quit. And I love Nick, and I'm glad that he's playing with them because I always thought, like, he is a talented, talented person. And if I can be very unselfish about it, for me, like, the more eyes on that kid, the better because he deserves it. He's a fucking talented, talented dude. So if he can get in front of some more people playing with them, I 100% back it. He's fucking a great dude. So he you know, he quit. He's out of the band. Uh, we have Mike Justin back, our drummer from the In the Eyes of Fire and uh, Oncoming Storm days, which he's slamming. We're having a good time with him and Ken he's uh that's a more fluid situation he's, he's not he's out for the foreseeable future I suppose no shows where we got coming up are going to be with him I'm not saying he won't come back to do a show at some point but for right now he's he's not gonna be around one of my favorite videos that I saw I want to say you it was a festival in Germany I think Mike stood up on like an amp or something yeah like, jumped down and like bashed like the 
floor tom in like the yep. snare or something and there was just so many cool things happening in that video i think trevor was it seemed like he was counting to three in like dutch or something and yeah you know a video i'm talking about right yes yeah, so black hearts no rain is the breakdown where he gets up on the uh like the drum monitor he better be careful he's getting old too man he's gonna fucking roll an ankle that's what i was thinking <laughs> then about we'll the need time. another drummer <laughs> But yeah, Mike, he is aggressive at drums. With Nick, we played with a click. Everything was kind of really regimented, uh, which is good. But it felt cool to get back to playing with Mike where it's kind of up to him and the way he feels. Some parts dip a little more. Some parts rise more. And it feels good when some of that shit hits. It feels awesome. And uh, we've been having a good time playing with him. Two completely different styles and energies. Not that either one is wrong, right? So like, yeah. like Nick is exactly. like tra traditionally trained. I, I can't think of any other hardcore metal drummer that holds the sticks like the old marching band i forget the yeah. name for nick that. uh and mike said this nick is a machine mike is an animal yeah perfect yeah and it's cool that you know someone who was with you back in the day like just to you know have that back like that yeah at first we're like familiar. like what are we gonna do like what should we who should we go I'm like let's fucking call mike justin up because he plays for madball he still plays for madball i was like let's do some shows and you know see how it feels and he was like sure and it's, it's been going great so he's gonna be on double duty yeah he's doing month. like uh both bands that I was like, if you say so, man. <laughs> have you ever had to do that? Because you've filled in for other bands. Have you done Double Duty before? I don't I've, I don't think I've ever done it. I bet he's going to hate it. <laughs> he's going to hate it. It's only for a few shows, but he's going to hate it. It's impressive, though, to see. Like, I just saw, like, Joyce Manor, who I just toured with. They just came through St. Petersburg. It's a four-band bill, and, like, everyone's in everyone's bands. Like, almost everyone's doing Double Duty, and I'm like... Just share one van. Yeah, exactly. And just do four bands. Seems like a good idea until you want to just chill out and relax and not play two fucking sets tonight. And one of the dudes, he has the first set and the last set. I don't know what's worse. Yeah, um, I don't know what's the best... I don't know what the best way to do that is. Yeah. I guess... I'd rather want to do a back-to-back -back, maybe i don't know that's what i was but thinking. i'm i'm fucking mid 40s so you can't uh, you can't ask me well i asked uh jeff gretz you know uh, zayo from out of an ashes yeah um, i asked him last year before furnace fest and he said he was given the option from the furnace fest guys he's like back-to-back just let me just bang it out, you know? Yeah. Um, especially because there were 15 minutes in between sets. If you keep that hype going, that's I think that's the only thing going to fucking save you. Exactly. But you have filled in for other bands. Am I mistaken in that? I played for Lamb of God for a few weeks, uh, I don't know, maybe eight years ago. That's rad. That was super fun. I that's love cool. those guys, and I was uh, honored to be asked to play guitar. It was it was sick because it was Mastodon, Lamb of God, and Metallica was the bill for the whole tour. Holy shit. So, like, just kicked it with Lars and James and Kirk. They were just the nicest people. Any other stories from from that? They would like practice. They would do their warm up room. Like you would just be going to catering and you just Metallica would be in the next room playing on practice amps. I'm like, holy shit. And they played in on the round stage on some of the of the shows. So it was like the stage was in the round. So you had Lars was set up in the middle and Bran from Macedon was set up on one side of the stage, which kind of was weird because he, he could only play to one side. And then Chris Adler would set up on the corner, which is also weird. But what are you going to do? Right. So I would just run laps the whole time around the stage, just fucking do laps playing guitar. <laughs> fun it was like they did four nights in copenhagen at like fifteen thousand people per night i flew in that was like the first four days and then we did a bunch of awesome festivals and metallica guys are really nice and of course you know fucking lamb of god dude that we know forever that was a really fun time what a different that. um different gig too like hired gun versus unearth that's yeah. your baby it's and like it's like would, fucking uh... somebody else's girlfriend <laughs> So it's exciting at first, but you yeah. know it's not going to last. <laughs> You're not the first person to bring up Metallica practicing on practice amps. Have you seen anyone do that before? Because I don't know if I, I have. I think like Trivium does it. Gojira does it. It's a cool idea, like just to get people flowing. We would all benefit from fucking running through that shit right before we go on stage. But, you know, we're not that big of a band. We, we're still doing work, like trying to get drunk and stuff. No, we don't. You know, we don't really even we don't even party that hard. Like we used to go nuts, but we're older now. It's the kind of the theme of this podcast. Like, oh, we're getting old. We can't do it like we used to but we're way more responsible now you know what i just have a few beers pick up a guitar get my fingers moving and like once you're day two or three in the tour you don't really need to warm up anymore like i have it now i right. drink a couple beers tell myself i'm awesome and go out there and do it i love that dude i, I saw a vulnerable side of buzz for half a second at furnace fest i don't know if you remember yeah i was so like, nervous you were fucking around with your guitar right before your set and i think you only have like 15 minutes you had to follow bury your dead that was a crazy like it went piebald comeback kid bury your dead then you guys yeah. on earth then like darkest hour i think like boy sets fire mm -hmm. and like eventually like turnstile that was just like crazy but i just remember seeing you fucking around with your guitar
guitar, I was kind of just standing behind like the drum kit. It's like, yo, Buzz, what up? You came over, you gave me like a fist pound. You were like, we haven't played a show in two years. I, I think I'm like a little nervous. I was right very now. nervous. It was really weird for me. Like, I was like, man, we're fucking about to play a show. I was freaking out. And then like, I just go, bro, act like you've been here before. <laughs> I have. And you were like, you're right. We fist pounded. You walked around your amp and you guys just fucking destroyed. There were a couple people. They had saw that interaction. Massive Unearthed fans. We were kind of just joking. Like, I think he figured it out. Like, <laughs> you know. I mean, even at the start of this Euro tour, I was like, man, I just had anxiety about everything. You know, it was like, it felt like, do I know how to do this? Like, but then day two, day three, it's like, all right, fuck it, it's fine. I think it's in a good way. Like, it keeps you in check. Yeah. At least for me. I just go up and play the stupid cowbell. for. I mean, it's a high life. pressure situation. I definitely still get nerves, especially if we go a year without doing it or something. And yeah, I'm way better, you know, a week in than I am the first night or two, right? I think that's normal. Yeah. All right. So another question, uh, Alexander Olman wants to know, favorite musician to have a beer with? You can pick a couple. I'm going to go immediately what comes to mind is Mike Schleibaum, Darkest Hour. Yes. I know he's my favorite. He just popped in my head for some reason. He's got great energy, man. Frank Novinick from Hatebreed. Awesome. Definitely a homie. Definitely fucking shut down a lot of bars, he and I. This list is too long. Yeah, great answer. But yeah. there are many, yes. Yep. Um, Ryan Lonis, favorite song to play live? We're playing on this particular set list. We're leaning towards all older shit. And we're playing a song off our first EP called The Charm, which I don't know if too many people know. It's such a goofy fucking song, but I love to play it. I love The Charm. And when we did the pond cast, we were ripping beers on my mm -hmm. fucking dad's boat last summer and we recorded a podcast for those who don't know. Someone had a question. They were like, when are you going to play the charm live? And you were like, I don't back. know, but we should. That's awesome. It's back. So I'd have to go back and look and see who asked that question. But there's a good chance mm -hmm. that that person would be at that pre-show. It's going to be played. We've been oh, playing it every yeah. show. Uh, we have a set list that we made before we went to Europe. And for some reason, first try, first write up of the set list, everyone felt great about it. Every song kind of flows into another one nicely. Everything works out great. No one said shit about it. Like this set list is working. By some miracle, just the first draft of the set list is working. And uh, that's where we're playing. That's a beautiful thing, man. We'll run that probably till the end of the year. And then next year when the record comes out, we'll add some of the newer shit in there or whatever. So I had Trevor on here a few months back and I think you guys pretty much recorded this was it like maybe last fall am i mistaken yeah it's, it's taken a very long time the music was done last uh november and then we were recording vocals and then there was some stuff where like the schedules didn't line up and then will who's very busy he has other bands record he has his own band he's on tour with so we had to do the vocals sporadically throughout the year to Will's schedule but we're not really in a rush like no one's like hey what's the new on earth record like no one's screaming that <laughs> so we're like ah we'll just fucking whatever so i just listened to the final mix before we got on this podcast so it's pretty much done should be out end of the year early next year dude that is very exciting and uh also it was weird times you don't have to justify why it's taking so long you know what i mean yeah yeah it's it's fine i was upset about it for a minute but then i was like what's the rush man and trevor sounds fucking awesome on it so that's like when i heard him like all right well it took a while but he does sound fucking sick i love that yeah what if anything have you guys done differently you know on this record compared to past records like any anything new with the process or just anything in general what the fuck <laughs> hold on you're good man <laughs> wait there's a phone call coming in sorry it's okay yeah man. <laughs> the phone was ringing and everything just went fucking sideways um trevor's got some new interesting uh dynamics to his voice i don't want to say clean singing but more some chanty parts that are out of character for him which i think is cool for me it's it's what you expect in flames meets like caveman breakdowns which is what I've always set out to do. Nice. And uh, it sounds like that. I feel like the record's a bit dark. I think I don't know. It's it's for the listener to decide. I'm so I'm so married to it that I can't act. I can't accurately describe it because I've been working on it for so long and I'm just invested in so much of it that to ask me what it's like, I'm the wrong person to ask. I know what you mean. Did you do anything different personally, guitar wise, or just anything technically? No, I just wrote what I wanted to hear. I guess no gimmicks. I wasn't really chasing any particular sound because usually every every time we put a record, there's some new band I fall in love with that I kind of want to like maybe pinch a little bit of that salt from that and this record is no different there's parts where uh, if you listen to it and you're like what's this part like i could point out a roadmap of where i got that from but there's no particular gimmick we're not trying to fucking do anything it's definitely just on earth as soon as you hear like oh, is this on earth whether you like it or not you gotta know it's on earth 
What bands uh, were you listening to at the time that you were writing this stuff? There's one song that's straight power metal that I was super into, Unleash the Archers. Um, there's some like Black Dahlia style shit on there because like I always listen to them. Crowbar always creeps in and some riffs. In Flames, I owe In Flames a sandwich. I'm just taking their old shit. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, so the next time I see him, I'm buying a sandwich. Don't they have a fucking restaurant in like Sweden? 2112. Uh, yeah, we went there on a day off in uh, Gothenburg and it was fucking great. The best day off ever. We went to a amusement park that for some reason they let us in for free. Somebody knew somebody. Went on sick rides all day. And then we went to the In Flames restaurant. They hooked us up a little bit, but we, we overpaid because it was like, we're not going to take your free ass food. You know, let's fucking give them a huge tip. Totally. But it's a great uh, beer bar and just fucking food. 2012 in Gothenburg, great spot. I love it because there's pictures of In Flames live shit all on the walls. And as like a super fan, I'm just like, this is awesome. That's so sick. They're playing Furnace Fest this year. Are you guys going to stick around? I think we're going to stick around because Mike is playing Madball on the Friday at a Furnace Fest. So we're going to hang out on Friday. Sick, man. We might be doing a show on the way back. So we'll stick around and wait for Mike and then drive to like, I think Greensboro and do a show on the way home. Dude, also, I mean, I hate to see bands have to drop, but I'm just, you know, what if a band dropped and they needed someone to fill in? I don't want to say we'll play for free. <laughs> but we'll play for free. They can talk to a booking agent. We would do it for cheap, I would say. Because you just you're already there and you'd be happy to do it. I mean, that's a uh, best case scenario. We're gonna be there with a fucking a van full of gear, fucking champing at the bit to get on that stage. So just let us know. Somebody drops out, we're fucking we're Dude. ready. We're fucking primed. I might fucking hobble somebody in one of the bands so they can't play. <laughs> just fucking club the drummer in the knee. I don't know what Nancy, happened, man. Could we Nancy, get on? Nancy yeah. Kerrigan. Why? Yep. I'll Nancy Kerrigan them. <laughs> No, what was the other girl's name? Tanya Harding. Yeah. Tanya Harding, yeah. She was good with a club. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing at it, but... <laughs> a girl I know used to live next to Nancy Kerrigan. Stone him. And people used to drive by and throw pipes on her lawn. That's so fucked up. That's so, like, shitty Massachusetts fucking asshole. It wasn't move. even a pipe. I think it was a baseball bat. Yeah, they just throw fucking random fucking Wait. weapons onto her lawn. Maybe it was a pipe. Either I think way. it was a pipe. You know, maybe she found it endearing. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Why? Um, I think that was it for fan questions. I wanted to ask you about something like this is just like for me too, because maybe I need advice. How old are you, Buzz? 46. You're 46. Obviously, in a perfect world, you can play music and do this forever. Yes. But it's a grind. It's not easy. It's unpredictable at times. And when it's great, it's great. And when it's not, you don't have a job. So yeah. what's the, for lack of better words, like the end game plan? Like, how do you stay in this long term? I don't know. I don't know. I can do it for a little bit longer. Maybe till I'm 50. I mean, Vinny Stigma. That's the front. How old is he? Is he, is he like 60? He's old. Like, I want to be the Vinny Stigma of metalcore. Just fucking doing it till like, but I'll have to take way better care of myself if I want to fucking last that long. I feel like I can do it as they get older i just need to be more comfortable i can't sleep on somebody's floor can't sit in a van all day right. i just need to like wherever we're going is it is it going to be comfortable when i get there is it going to be a place to relax that is like one of my main priorities now is like is there comforts for me when i arrive i'm soft like you can make fun of me i get it i deserve it but <laughs> as i get on in age i'm like ah so like Australia, uh, we might be doing that at the end of January. No way. And I'm like, do we have to fly there? <laughs> but yeah, that, the hard part is just comfortable. I think if I take care of myself a little bit better, I should probably start doing yoga. I should probably quit drinking and doing drugs. Like eventually, if I won't really want to do this for a long time. Eventually. Stop kicking my own ass, you know? Dude, I am 1 million percent in the same boat. I want yeah, to go to yeah. Australia so bad, but I have no interest in flying there. <laughs> Australia is dope. You just got to get there. That's the problem. And then same thing like yeah like you know i drink a lot of beers and yeah i party right now like if we were gonna flight i don't i've learned a lot of lessons along the way like all right so it's an early flight next morning people are like yeah man i'm like i'm going to bed because yeah. you know the airport is a fucking night uh, then you get there and like oh your flight's canceled or this or that you can't face that hungover you have to like be like all right well what do we do you know be clear-minded about it what's well, one of the biggest lessons i've learned in this situation but you must think about these things too going back to the question i asked like you must it must weigh heavy on your mind every day it does for me and i'm just a fucking merch guy tour manager for a part-time band you know i also don't know like if i show up to get a job somewhere they're like what have you been doing the last 20 years or yeah. uh, 20 fucking five years I'm like uh how long do you got 
<laughs> like this is not a skill that is going to be applicable to everyday work environments. Right. Same thing. Am I going to bartend forever? Yeah. I don't want to do what that do either. Do? There's, there's no long-term fucking plan here. I got nothing, man. That's why I'm asking yeah. you. You'll figure it out. Yeah, I don't have an answer. You'll figure it out. I like that. I believe you'll figure it out too. Like know? I said earlier in the podcast, I almost tripped going up the stairs. Almost broke my hand on the fucking railing right. before I was going to go and play some music to make money that I need. Right. Also, I get on a skateboard and fucking get high on drugs and fly down the street on it. <laughs> uh, so I I am totally irresponsible. And uh, it's amazing that life hasn't fucking caught up with me yet. You have fun though. I have to. I have to. So... How about short-term and long-term goals for you personally and for Unearth? I know there's some exciting shit coming up in 2023, new album. So just like, yeah, goals for you personally and for the band. I just like chilling, hanging out with my friends, uh, hanging out with my family. That's easy to do, you know? Unearth stuff is like, uh, let's put out a record, see how people feel about it, do some shows, see how they go. Like, we can always play. Like, it may not be like the hugest thing in the world, but we always have an audience. We can always show up somewhere. Fans will show up, whether it's fucking a bunch of people or not that many people and i think the band as it is right now with the people we're, we got playing with us the energy is just so positive that we are just happy to be out there together and just playing music and it, and it kind of shows on stage like the vibe is great we're having a good time that shit always trickles through on stage yeah. to the audience in one way or another i don't know i'm certainly biased as a fellow lynn boston kid whatever but it's just funny like you and trevor are complete opposites but you're both these just really rad fucking humans you know just trying to fucking play some music and have a good time and yeah it's it's rad. Even Trevor's like, yo, I just want to play some shows. I'm like, well, let's fucking, we're talking about like November is open. Like, let's do Weird Canada. By Weird Canada, I mean like Three Rivers and like that fucking way up in Quebec. Do and it. all the, there's a whole market, like not Quebec City or Montreal. There's other shit up there that gets nuts. I've never even been up there, but yeah, do there's it. A mar- there's markets up there. You can go, like the most north I've ever been, I think is like Three Rivers or Trois Rivers. Sorry, my French is terrible. But we had some good shows up there, like maybe eight years ago. Like, let's go back to Halifax. We played like you can do weird shit up there and people will come out i had shane shane told he's a singer of silverstein uh i had him on the podcast and we were talking about like local scenes back in the day and he's from canada Burlington, ontario i think it is okay i didn't even bring on unearth up but he was just like dude unearth used to come through all the time like i fucking love that band and like it seemed like they were coming through every other back in the day canada was the the first market to really embrace us like we would go up there and people would lose their fucking minds we didn't even get it like what's going on up here so we keep going up there and fucking people loved it it caught fire there first we still love it up there people still go nuts up there for it we owe them a lot like let's just say that they're first to recognize our genius <laughs> I'm just kidding, but they were first to the fucking to the trough. Last time we played there, I think we did a co-headline with Darkest Hour, and it went great. Uh, we did two nights in Quebec City that sold out both nights. People fucking still love the vintage metalcore. You got to do a Lynn show. Knights of Columbus, kid. Lynn show. Where would we do Lynn show at? Knights of Columbus. In, no, they, they're they not hmm. going to do it. Where would you play in Lynn? New World's not a thing. Nope. There's no place to play. I mean, Salem's got like, uh, we could do Opus Underground Opus. or maybe the Chinese food restaurant. Kodo. Which would be wild. Been thinking about it. I could throw a rock at it from where I live right now. So that would be fucking sick for me. But Dude. Kodo's dope because like I was eating fucking sushi there one night and just a doom metal band just started <laughs> playing out of nowhere. And Dude. people were like eating dinner and they're like, what the fuck is going on? Full stacks is face painted dudes and shit. I was like, this is what the band name of the band was Dick Medusa. <laughs> I was like, yes, this is fucking sick. Dude, the same exact thing happened to me. It wasn't Dick Medusa. Yeah, it's like this um, punk rock sushi bar, basically. Yeah. I don't know how else to it's describe it. It's a cool it. spot. I love that they just, they don't even warn patrons that fucking loud <laughs> music is about that. They just like set up and people just get exploded. I saw like uh, Dave, he's a singer of Big D in the kids table. Like one of his bands played there. Same thing. I, I had no idea there was even a show. I was yeah. just like having a drink, fucking Mai Tai eating sushi and all of a sudden, boom. And yeah, right yeah. across the street, Opus downstairs. That's a cool spot yep. too. Yeah, there's a band uh, called Mother Iron Horse. It's kind of a stoner riffy band that we know they're fucking from this area. They're great. Uh, shout out to them they're playing there on like halloween it sold out it's pretty cool sick man yeah all right man i think i think that's all i got dude i appreciate that's cool time. man I, dude i had As a good always. time you're, yeah, it you're was fun. the best um you need to just be a regular on this show and all right if you do somebody else give me a third panel i'll just fucking chime in you could take over the show I, i'll be third uh, panel. i'll, I'll just... be color commentary all right we'll we'll talk offline about that anything else to plug dude listen if you don't know who on earth is by now we've been around we're like an old penny man we keep showing up you know who we are come check <laughs> us out we still rip 
Awesome. You're the best. Thanks, Buzz. Thank you, man. Let's wrap this one up, baby. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Buzz McGrath, thank you as always. What a pleasure. What a treat. This man is a national treasure and the world needs more of him. Such a gem. How funny is he? He's so hilarious. He's so great. If you want to support the podcast, the best thing you can do, share it with a friend. Or if you have the iPhone in particular, go to the little uh, podcasts app. It's an Apple podcast, a little purple logo. Type in the show, Two Week Notice Podcast. Make sure you're following or subscribed. And then you scroll all the way down. Give me a five-star written review. It's so helpful. And if you don't have an iPhone, hit up Spotify. Hit me with five stars over there. Incredibly helpful. Follow me on Instagram. You know, all that shit. And um, all the links to anything that's been plugged, whether it's, you know, the sponsors, whether it's unearthed stuff, all in the description of this podcast episode. Natalia, Natalie, my love. Yes, my dear. We got some shepherd's pie to eat. I'm so excited about the shepherd's pie. Let's go do that. And, uh... Let's listen to some Unearth. Yeah, let's do that. Come on. Oh, come on. Until next time, I love you all. Peace. Peace. What the song? Fireman's survival extinction's wrath